Thank you for checking out Coffee Pods. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the big how, in particular, looking at how we pray for healing. So have a listen, let us know what you think, and don't forget to subscribe. Hi, Wes, it's good to be back with you again. Yep, morning. So we've got another big how question. Okay. Uh, And this one is that it's, I prayed for someone once, but they died. How can I ever pray again for someone else? And I'm sure for our listeners, you may suddenly now be thinking of somebody, maybe a face that you know where this has happened. So just we are journeying with you in this um, gently. (laughs) But Wes, um, what's your initial response to this question? Yeah, I mean, it, it is it is true, isn't it? Because uh, what do you do when, um, and I put it very carefully, because I know that there'll be Christians who want to say to me, ah, oh, yes, but it wasn't. But what do you do when apparent failure strikes? You know, so the, the fact that God is is in control of everything and, and, and he's sovereign, and yet actually um, his will isn't done in that moment. And yes. so as Christians, we then try and sort of defend God and find ways of saying oh yes but he must have had a deeper purpose or whatever you know whatever and i just think sometimes it is possible to lose a battle mm-hmm. you know and and we would all know that personally you know we've we've all lost our own personal battles with, with issue you know you wish you'd never said what you'd said but mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, you determined you're never going to and so i think also it's possible in the healing ministry that there are some battles that we lose mm-hmm. um and and i guess that's that doesn't mean God is any less. It just means that there's more going on than we actually understand. Yeah, because I was going to ask you just then, when you say we lose, like, does that mean God is losing or is his will still being um, fulfilled? Well, I, I mean, the position is this, that ultimately God is going to get his will done. But of course, God gets his will done by love, not by force. Mm. which is a completely different way of thinking about it. But actually, Western Christians, we think, no, 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 God's going to just march in like the cavalry and, and just change everything. Um, and of course, when Jesus is challenged with Pilate and everything else, he, it says that he, he defeated them, making public spectacle of them on the cross. Well, how did he do that? Well, he refused to play that power game, which says, I can force you you know, to do what I want you to do. And so, you know, the will of God is done by love. And does the will of God always get done? Well, your newspapers and your television will tell you that it doesn't. And in fact, your own life will tell you (laughs) that it doesn't always get done. I mean, I've done stuff and I thought that definitely wasn't the will of God. That was definitely (laughs) the will of Wes. And so, so I think there are times when, um, in a sense, what God would choose for us doesn't come because of other things yeah Um, and i don't think that makes him any less i think it makes his love all the greater but i mean there are you know there are many reasons to give up yeah (laughs) i was going to say it must affect it well it does it affects our faith doesn't it it does i mean you know just think about i mean not just this one but i mean um apparent unanswered prayer Mm-hmm. Um, how about the moral failure of a minister, you know, somebody you really looked up to who had a healing ministry and they completely blow it, you know, or, um, you know, a disagreement over how they do things, you know, this can't be right because, you know, yeah. you didn't say them. 
our magic words. Um, negative experiences, you know, ever been ever been pushed over when somebody was praying for you, you know, and you think, oh, crumbs, what's that about? And of course, this one, you know, I mean, I've I've had that. I've I've, I've known that experience. I've prayed for people and they've died. And and, and somebody actually said to me after uh, one of those moments in, in in when we were leading church, um, don't ever ask me to pray for anybody again. It hurts too much, you know. Yeah. So, but I, you know, I have sincerely believed and faithfully prayed and expected a miracle but i've had moments when somebody's died yeah does that at all affect i mean you, you could eat i guess you could share in your experience or what you imagine other people would feel but um does it affect our our own uh, what's the word like how we see ourselves and how we see god because i can imagine that if you if you sincerely believed and you have expected a miracle and the person has died, you could somewhat feel like you did something wrong. You weren't praying hard enough, or do, does that make sense? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, been there, done that. Got mm. the t-shirt. I mean, you think you know what did I do wrong? You know, yeah. Um, I mean, you constantly in this healing ministry th- thing think, you know, are you know, are my prayers effective? Is my life um, you know, a clear enough channel for God's grace and, and mm. all, all of those things. And I don't think that they are um, bad things in the sense that I think they keep us in the place of dependency on God. Mm. I have to keep coming back. And a bit like Thomas Merton saying, Lord, I don't know whether I am pleasing you, but I hope that the fact that I trying to please you pleases you you know and, and and whatever and so i think well i don't know whether i'm doing this right but i i hope the fact that i'm trying to do it right and i'm trying yeah. to follow you you understand that and i don't think god says well wes i'm sorry i didn't heal that person because she didn't say it right yeah i don't think he's like that at all so i, I think you know hey you've heard me talk my grandchildren but they ask for things in completely the wrong way and, and they get it because i think yeah come on i love that <laughs> so I think there are there are certainly reasons for that, and of course the disciples knew this, Lisa. Yeah. I mean, they'd been with Jesus, they'd received his commission, they'd been out and prayed for people and seen it happen, and then they come to the foot of the mountain of transfiguration, and they come to the father and the boy, and it doesn't. And in fact, it so really freaks them out that um, it, Mark chapter nine, uh, they actually talk to Jesus about it. And can I say, that's a great idea. If yeah. it doesn't work, talk to Jesus about it. Because they say to him, um, they, they say privately, why why couldn't we do that? You know, all that you've told us, why? Why this time? And and Jesus says, you know, this kind only comes out by prayer and, and other um, versions and fasting. And so sometimes there are things that we can miss, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think God is toying with us to say, well, if you get it right this time, you can have it. Yeah, I, I think there's, I think there's more going on about it. And of course, you know, I mean, there are other other examples in the Bible where things didn't work out. You think, why? Mm. You know, mm. um, I mean, there's, there's uh, Peter in prison, you know, and and they're praying that he gets out, right? But if, in in Acts chapter twelve, you read the verses before that. Um, James has been in exactly the same position, and he's been beheaded. So yeah. they must have prayed for James. Yeah. And that didn't that didn't come out in the way that they expected it to. But here is Peter, you know, a little while later in exactly the same position. And what does the church do? Well, they do the only thing we can do. 
is they gather together to pray. And of mm. course, in this time, Peter is released. Yeah, and it's it's funny because um, coming together in prayer like that, I suppose, is a a form of obedience to God. You know, obedience mm. not in how we think of school, but um, obedience as in just in that relationship with God and coming to Him and wanting to be under Him. So, do you do you think obedience has a, a part to play in this? Oh, uh, yes, absolutely. And I think you, you're absolutely right, Lisa, in that coming together to pray is mm. prayer is a corporate thing mm. as well as a personal thing. And, and uh, we've, you know, we know as a church, we met uh, every morning, Monday to Saturday for 18 months to pray for something, mm. pray a particular issue. Uh, and, you know, it was extraordinary. I mean, which is a, a, another story. But I think. I think at times we need to be committed to obedience, not success. Uh, and that doesn't mean that we, we should be looking for it not to work. I'm just meaning when I've prayed for somebody, the question I, the only question I can ask is, did I do what I believed I was told to do? Okay. And, and actually that has to be my measure of um, not did I change the world in this moment, but did I do what I was told to do? Mm. Um, and and so that's in a sense where I I think we we get co- uh, committed. It's lovely when the big thing happens; it really is. But but there are also times when the only thing you can do is do what God told you to do and leave the rest with Him. Mm. Uh, I, I I think I I also try and sort of follow the flow of God's love. I'd ask another question I ask is did I did I act with compassion? Mm. You know, did I love this person and 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 enter into the need with them and stand with them before God and say, Lord, I know that you love this person. And, and I think they're the sort of questions that you can only ask in those moments when you've prayed for somebody and, and it hasn't necessarily worked out in the way that you thought it would do. Yeah, it sounds right, actually. Hmm. I wonder as well whether there's um, a place for compassion with God, not to... Um, try and twist his arm. <laughs> um, but sometimes in those moments, we could feel very angry with God or frustrated or confused. But I suppose there's a place of, it is, it's coming into the flow of his love, isn't it, really? Uh, yeah, it really is. I mean, there is a, a house in Leon C in Essex, which unless they've redecorated, um, the wall in the kitchen will still bear the scar of a toolbox that I slammed down uh, on a stool um, and gouged the wall out uh, as I said to God, what on earth do you think you're doing? Yeah. It was one of the first times that we'd ever prayed for anybody who was seriously ill. And, and uh, the guy had septicemia and he died and left a family. And I was so, I was so mad at the situation. I was so mad with me. I was so, and in the end, yeah, I was, I was like, I said, God, what do you think you're, you know, what on earth are you doing? That was the Mm. words I said. And it dawned on me on earth. He was doing an awful lot, actually, (laughs) which I thought, oh, okay. Um, And can I just say for all of us involved in this ministry, you know, it is okay to get passionate about it um, Mm. because I don't think God gets upset and says, you've really offended me. But, I think in the end, I've moved beyond that in the sense that the questions I ask now, I don't ask about God, what are you doing? I ask questions about where's, what are you doing? Mm. You know, and and where are you in this? And Acorn, what are you doing? 
where where is acorn in this and and so i i think in a sense um i i work from the basis that i know what god is like and i'm trying to live in that as best i can yeah it sounds like humility really doesn't it and Oh, I mean, if you if you don't want to have, you know, lessons in humility daily, don't go into the healing ministry. In fact, don't go into Christian ministry at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, somebody said to me that Christian ministry is the place where um, all your weaknesses and foibles get not only amplified, but publicly displayed as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and. And, you know, we're just, I, I love that phrase that John Wimber, he, he said of himself, he's, you know, when people talked about his ministry, he said, folks, I'm just a fat man trying to get to heaven. You know? <laughs> and, and I sort of understand his his journey, but humility, dependency, yeah, um, all of those things are absolutely critical. Yeah. And it sounds as though just as you're bringing out these points of um, prayer, I suppose, that it's, there's an incredible respect for God and for the person that you are praying with in these moments. Yeah. yeah I, you have to treat the person with dignity. You have to. Mm. Then, then, you know, if, if they're simply there to display how, what a powerful Christian you are, then we lost the plot completely. Yeah. But I, I do think that having a, a different attitude helps us for those moments when we have prayed and it hasn't come out in the way that we thought or hoped or asked for because my sometimes Lisa there is literally no more you can do mm. you know you've you've tried to pray Everything that you know, and and I'll be honest, I've even made some things up just to say, Lord, <laughs> maybe this will this will work. But when when we've done everything that we can do, we just we we can only just leave the rest with God. We can't do anything yeah. else. Yeah. Because there is always going to be the next person. Yes, that's true. And we see that here at Acorn, don't we? It's not just one person in this situation that we're praying for yeah and of course the next person isn't bothered by your history no okay they're just they just want to they're seeking jesus in their present moment okay mm. so do you know i have never been asked in the healing ministry are you any good at this <laughs> you know, or, or what's your success rate you know yeah, I, I've, never yeah. been, I've never been asked that um, i have been asked will you pray for me yeah. Because in those moments, people are longing and, and desperate. They are they are trusting that you are going to be some help to them in the name of, of Jesus. And that's all they're worried about. You yeah. know, uh, and and I I think for me I have to I have to learn from the past, but I can't be controlled by the voices of the past because mm -hmm. if the, the voices of the past, if I let them in, it's like, well, you didn't, you failed on that one and you failed on that one. And then mm -hmm. last June, you completely blew that one and whatever. And I have to, to focus on, but actually there are things that God has done. There are wonderful stories, things that as God done, God has done. Mm -hmm. And, and do you know, what? I think one of the weird things, Lisa, is that the healing ministry appears 
in the church at times to be the only ministry that you have to be a hundred percent perfect at a hundred percent of the time from the very first time you ever do it. Mm. Okay. So the church doesn't allow us any space for learning or, or even failure. Um, it just says, well, if it's not a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time from the very first prayer, then it all doesn't count. And we don't do that with any other area of Christian life. No. We just do it with this one. And I understand why we do it. It's because of our emotions and our sorrows. And absolutely. But the church has to get beyond that yeah. if we are going to grow in becoming, you know, better attuned servants of God in the healing ministry. I mean, the disciples were absolutely, you know, rubbish at it to start with. I mean, you mm -hmm. about them. You, I doubt whether many, most churches would have put any of the disciples on the healing team. No. Okay. No. But it doesn't seem to bother Jesus that they're going to need help. Mm. And so, you know, I guess one of my, you know, in Acorn, we, we very rarely meet, could you pray for me? I have a slight headache. No, we don't. It, it's all the big stuff. It's it's that I've got terminal cancer. You know, I've got MND. I've got this. I've got that. And, and of course, in the end, you know, I understand why churches might withdraw from that and say, let's not even try. I understand that. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's why, you know, we're really focused on being compassionate and, and wise and giving mm -hmm. people dignity. But, do you know, I think. I think in the end. I, I, looking at the question that as it came through, I asked, why do I do this? <laughs> <laughs> do you know, I thought if I, if I became just a Bible teacher or if I became, um, you know, just somebody who fulfilled a role and just served communion and, and just, you know, kept everything, you know, why do I do it? Yeah. Why, why do I risk this? And, and for me, yeah, it's about calling. It's a, for me, it's a must. I've got to do this. Mm. Um, do you know what I think we're doing at the moment, Lisa? Sorry, I'm whittering on now, but I, th right. I think in these days we're holding the line about healing. Okay. I think throughout church history, there are times when the church loses its, its focus and its emphasis, and, and the, but there are those who keep it alive. And I think in, in this season, particularly as we've gone through COVID, I think we're just keeping this alive afresh. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you know, it's going to be great coming out of this and being able to lay hands on people and, and see more happen. But actually, in the end, I do this because um, I have a high Christology. That means mm. I have a high view of Jesus. Mm. And to quote, um, you know, the book uh, of um, uh, there's there's all, there's more than enough. Yeah, there's more than enough in him. Heidi Baker, there's more mm. than enough. And I'm. Just think for us as Acorn, we just keep pressing into God to find them more than enough. Yeah, I think that's a great point, really, to close on because, you know, the 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 question was, how do I ever pray for anybody again? Um, and you've covered some amazing points here, but I was just thinking for those who are listening, um, <clears throat> Wes mentioned calling. It might be worth, you know, praying about your calling, especially in situations of prayer for those who may be dying. Uh, what is your place in in that in that time? And holding the line, I really like that. And creeping the flame alive, um, but always expecting the name of Jesus to be more than enough. So they may just be some, you know, three points to hold on to um, mm -hmm. in response to that question. 
uh, but words, would you kindly pray for those who may be in this position? Yeah. Just as you're listening now, wherever you are, um, and if you're driving, keep your eyes on the road, but um, just pray with me now. And just say, Father, in Jesus' name, I will pray for the next person that you send across my path. And I ask you to be with me then. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brilliant. Thanks, Wes. That was a really helpful chat. Um, And looking forward to catching you next time. Indeed. See you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Coffee Pods. We hope that you have found today's episode helpful and inspiring. If you have a question of your own about Christian healing, send it to info at acornchristian.org and we'll respond. For more information about Acorn, our events and how to support our work, check out www.acornchristian.org. See you next time.